What's up, everybody? We are up in here for another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. Happy Wednesday evening to you, TB, up in the view. How we doing this evening, man? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Can't complain. Can't complain. We got a wealth of information to talk about. Tons of stuff, just like you said last week when you ran down all the stuff that was going on. Well, it's the same thing. This week, of course, we have to start with Kentucky football and, and digest all that. This time next week, you may be basking in the glow of, of a Lakers title. Uh, we'll definitely get to all of that. Uh, on the NFL side of things, we got, we got wounds to lick, especially me. And on the Kentucky football side, we got wounds to lick once again. Um, <laughs> Frustrating one against Ole Miss Saturday. Oh, just wherever you want to start, there was stuff that you just 42-41. And you're like, man, how did how did Cast not win that? You know, that's how everybody probably walked away from their TVs Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening when it was over. Yeah, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit in this analysis is same old Kentucky. And, and I get tired of that because it's just a lazy narrative. Because every team has turnovers. Every team makes mistakes, right? Like this is, I, I just get frustrated with that. And I know that the people around the program get frustrated with that uh, as well. No one is happy with the 0-2 start. Let's be clear about that. I don't think from Mark Stoops on down, I don't think anybody is, is happy. Uh, the perplexing thing for me has been on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive backfield has been uh, atrocious. I, I don't know what, what other, whatever kind of adjective you want to use, but uh, there was just little resistance to what Ole Miss was doing through the air. And there were a couple of plays where the Ole Miss receivers just out physical the Kentucky defensive backs even for short games so whatever they're doing they need to figure that out with Mike Leach and his air raid coming to town so 0-2 it's not the it's not the end all be all uh, I think this team this current Kentucky team and like a lot of other teams uh have missed out on those warm-up games, you know, where you play like the directional schools and all that kind of stuff. That's really uh, put Kentucky at a disadvantage, especially with Terry Wilson coming back uh, from injury. He really could have used those two games to get back at game speed. Uh, That being said, I, I know everyone's favorite player on the team is the backup quarterback. The offense wasn't the issue. And I see people griping about Eddie Grant, griping about Terry Wilson. Look, look, you score 41 points. The expectation is that's enough to win. And once it became kind of clear that the defense wasn't up to the task, the offense opened up a little bit. And I saw a lot of comments, well, we should do that all the time. That's not who we are. You know, that's not who this offense is 
uh, is to throw the ball 40 times and try to score 50 points a game. If if the Kentucky offense is scoring 50 points a game, that means the defense is not holding up their end of the bargain. So uh, it's frustrating. I know a lot of folks upset at A.J. Rose for, for showboating uh, on that touchdown. That definitely is not a good look. Right. Rightfully so. And, and rightfully so. You're right. But, you know, the, when that occurred, they got that one back, right? He was able to come in and, and contribute uh, to the win. Uh, you know, that the missed extra point, you know, and I don't want to lay blame on specific players, but that, I mean, that extra point was it. Once, and the missed field goal. Yeah. That's 11 points. AJ and the four points from Ruffalo. I mean, that's 11 points. And, you know, the the, the extra point at the very least, <clears throat> that put way too much pressure on the defense because I knew once Ole Miss got that ball in overtime, like they're, they're scoring a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, that, that was and uh, that was obvious I think to anybody there was no way we were going to slow that that team down and I, and I think it was just one of those things where stuff started snowballing on that side of the ball and uh, yeah that was it was not great uh, I I choose to be optimistic I still think that there are things this team can do but uh, as they say they got to fix them quick fast in a hurry uh, if they want to salvage the season yeah, yeah, and we, we said last week, you know, you, you went, and first of all, nobody's playing tune-up games. Yes, it'd be great to have Eastern Michigan and Northwest Missouri State or whoever, but nobody's got that. It's straight into the conference for everybody. Um, Cal Tucker said, when we, we basically speculated when, when Van Howes was here, because Mark Stoops essentially said the DBs, had COVID. He, he said it without saying it on like his first call-in show. Uh, said we were a little bit thin at corner. Don't know how much I can say. If we had a game tomorrow, we'd be fine. That, he said it without saying it. So they had a COVID issue with the secondary over the summer. And Cal Tucker said it to Tom, Tom Lee today, just straight out. Nobody was really talking about it, but you know, you can read between the lines, put two and two together. And, and it don't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out what he was saying. Auburn had lots of COVID issues throughout the summer. Uh, we had Jason Campbell on Believe in Kentucky, and, and he was talking about they were finally able to get the full strength. So everybody's dealing with all this stuff. It's 2020, don't discriminate. It's, it's affecting everybody across the board. So you go toe-to-toe, a couple turnovers inside your own 30-yard line. And that's the difference in the game against Auburn. And, and of course, Chris Rodriguez, you know, getting routed with a touchdown. The game might have played out differently. But then we said it last week. You know, you know, it's not really time to panic. But if you lose to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, then it could kind of start shaping up to be a long season. Because your your two Mississippi schools, you pretty confident you could beat them going into the season and then you still got your hard teams in the east florida georgia tennessee and then alabama and and you know all that coming up so now we we drop old miss so like you already said it puts a lot of pressure on this one against mississippi state uh, 
They're saying it might be rainy in Lexington Saturday, which would help maybe slow down how potent and precise Mississippi State could be. Kentucky played a ton of games last year in the rain. We saw them just run it, run it, run it. That you know, they should be used to that. But I wrote a piece on just the cats, how we've seen these this team start off 0-2 before. You know, 2016, you know, Drew Barker's hurt, Steven Johnson comes in, they have to change everything on the fly. They go seven and three down the stretch and, and go have a seven and five season. Last year, Terry Wilson hurt. You know, you try to figure out what to do. Sawyer, Sawyer, uh, Sawyer Smith gets hurt in a game where you had Florida beat. You look up, you're two and three after five games. Lynn Bowden comes in, they go six and two down the stretch, salvage the season. This is the same situation. You're 0 and 2 again, but. And it's not, I'm not saying I'm panicking. I'm not grabbing low-hanging fruit. I'm just kind of call it like I see it. This one is different because nobody's hurt. You, you're at full strength with a team that's deeper and more experienced than you've had since Stoops has been there. I mean, he said that, and everybody's kind of seen the recruiting improve. There hasn't been a major devastating injury that contributed to this 0-2. Chris Oates was lost and you definitely could use him, but they didn't lose a Landon Young in camp. They didn't lose Devontae Robinson right before the season like they have. So now they just got to kind of figure it out with what they got because they are at full strength. Um, we always talk about Kentucky is disrespected, and they do talk about how down here, you know, where I'm at in my neck of the woods, Kentucky just talked about as a game you're supposed to win with Vanderbilt and Missouri. They're working on trying to get that respect. They're working on trying to be perceived as a threat, to be perceived as one of the big boys. And everybody kind of got mad at Paul Feinbaum, which when he said, go ahead and you know switch to basketball, you know, you still got eight games. He kind of, you know, that's part of it. You, want to be, you can be mad at that. But when he said Kentucky fans won't respect, and then this is what happens, we got to own that right now until they turn it around because there have been a lot of hype for Kentucky coming in, and now they're 0-2. Nobody likes to see that. That's where you are, and now it's what you're going to do about it. And hopefully they are able to, to turn it around and salvage it like they have before. Uh, like you said, this time, you know, the offense is, is doing fine. They got to figure it out defensively. And the secondary, like you mentioned, is getting torched. Got to get some pressure, or at least make the quarterback hurry make him throw it off his back foot before he wants to get a tip pass or an interception or fumble, something to get a turnover uh, to take some pressure off. Got to find a way to, to wreak some havoc on defense. Yeah, that and that's the, that's the issue. Uh, this year, it's not injuries. And, and yeah. I know everyone likes to point to Eddie Grant and the offense, but the offense is holding up its end of the bargain. Terry Wilson was the second great, uh, second uh, highest rated quarterback by the the, the P- PPF or, or what have you. Uh, he yeah, he played he played well, and mm-hmm. I think what you would like to see on the offensive side is another receiver step up. 
There you go. And Ali has been great, but he can't do it himself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everybody's, you, you want to say Terry Wilson's got to do X, Y, and Z, but there were a couple of passes, probably about three or four, that were not, maybe the throw wasn't as great as you'd want it, but he put it in a place where somebody's got to make that catch. Right? You, you've uh, You've yeah. got to help your quarterback out. Uh, even the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you know, we we can gush over Patrick Mahomes and, and whoever, but sometimes your receivers just have to make a play. Like the ball's not always going to be perfect, and 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 that's that's the difference right now. Is we did a second person receiving because the the rushing is there and. Mm-hmm. 400 yards worth this past and if the, you know, and, and I know it's hard to score 40 points run for 400 yards and lose a ball game but if you're giving up 12-15 yards per pass attempt it doesn't matter what you do right it, it, you know, you're always fighting uh, kind of uphill a little bit so uh, I have I'm not going to take pop out Take Paul Feinbaum's advice. I'm not going to start just yet. Right. Uh, there's still time to get it right. And uh, to your point, uh, Coach Stoops and uh, company have shown they can rebound from uh, you know kind of janky starts. But the difference is going to be, you know, as this program moves forward, you can't have that. That, that's what separates, you know, a six-win season from an eight-win season, right? You, you can't get behind the eight ball. And I know injuries and everything like that, but you, you can't do that. You put way too much pressure on yourself for those other winnable games. Uh, because, you know, if you keep dropping games to teams that you should beat, you know, I would prefer, you know, to have some wins in the pocket before you got to play Alabama and Georgia, you know, because you play Alabama and Georgia with house money if you already got some wins under your belt. But if you're still trying to do some things, well, now you've just added an extra degree of difficulty to play in Alabama. And Alabama looks like Alabama now. Let's just, for for all the teams out here looking kind of uh, unsure in 2020, Alabama looks like Alabama now. So, <laughs> uh, so you've got them on the horizon. But I'm, I'm not giving up on this team. But they really, they if if they want to keep the fan base engaged and keep keep this momentum going, they they've got to beat Mississippi State, which is got which is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. They lit up LSU. I mean, put. 40 some points on LSU pass for 600 some yards but of course they lose to Arkansas the following week who's been literally I believe literally the worst team in the SEC for the past two or three years I think even Vanderbilt better than Arkansas uh, they lost how many games in the conference until they up and beat Ole Miss uh, Mike Leach coached here he was an assistant here in the Howe Mummy brought the air raid to the SEC. I mean, you know, Steve Spurrier was doing his fun and gun a little bit before Mummy and them, but 
they brought the air raid to the league. So he's coming back to Lexington for maybe the first time since, you know, the, the late 90s when he left. Uh, you know he wants to come in and, and, and show out and throw it around and do what he does. So it's it's a huge test. And this was, you know, a couple years ago, Austin McGinnis, which, you know, you can't you can't say his name <laughs> without reflecting back, especially with the, the kicking issues that we've seen. Austin McGinnis nailed the, the long field goal to beat Mississippi State a couple years ago that was the season was kind of at a crossroads. And, you know, Kentucky won, I think, 38-37 or 40-38 to 38 or something like that. And were able to kind of stabilize themselves after a shaky start a few years back. So here we are with Mississippi State again, and the season is kind of at a crossroads again. Yeah, so like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, uh, you know, but, uh, that the Cats can win. But these are those toss-up games that you can't keep dropping. That's the difference between, you know, the good and, and great teams. No matter what your sport, no matter what your level, there are teams that you should beat. So you have to beat those teams. There are toss-up games. And then there's games, hey, you've got to steal one of these to make it a, a good season, right? Uh, and, and by coming out with these 0-2 starts, Kentucky puts a lot of pressure on themselves to turn things around. I, I think it will be infinitely easier to come out of the games 2-0 and, and, and you know and, and not have to uh, to go through all this. Yeah, Mississippi State this weekend at Tennessee the following Saturday. And look, this is this is be real. Haven't won in Knoxville since 1984. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, Freddie Maggage come on and talk about the House of Horrors of playing in Neyland. It's been a literal House of Horrors for Kentucky football through the years. So uh, it's, it's not going to get any easier. It doesn't help that. Kavasi Smoke is going to be out for a few weeks. He uh, had a rib and kind of rib cartilage injury that knocked him out of the game Saturday. We're going to get to see some of this depth at running back. You know, I'm sure Rose will, will be in there and Chris Rodriguez, but you, you've heard about the Travis Tisdale. You've heard about this Juton McLean kid that's been tearing it up. We're probably going to get to see them in action. In live action, as the Turtle Man used to say, because of Smoke being out, who was proven as a sophomore what he was capable of doing, but now it's an opportunity for these guys uh, to see what they can do going forward. And we keep hearing about, like you talk about, you know, Josh Ali is kind of doing it by himself. Some receivers got to get up there on his level and help him. We keep hearing about a Bryce Oliver that maybe he's going to be back and. Maybe he can help them out as well as far as the receivers and, and taking pressure off of everybody can on Josh Ali, which is going to happen because he's been balling out. But yeah, somebody's got to help him out. Right. And and, and, and that would give the uh, offense another dimension. I, I think you can still be effective running the ball because what we saw on Saturday, uh, Terry Wilson was running very effective. So you've I feel confident that Kentucky can win games with Wilson in the backfield, AJ Rose and Chris Rodriguez. Like that 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 trio even without smoke 
can get the job done running the ball that's one of those things it's 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 you know i'm dating myself but going back to the bo williams days like okay the running game is okay like we can run the ball but it, it's 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 who's going to help ali out in the passing game uh that's that's going to be the big the big question uh, as we move forward Y'all, we are here. TB, Terry TB Brown, myself, Vinny Hart here on Anchor. Third and fourth episode where we moved over to Anchor. It is, of course, if you're listening, you already know, anchor.fm slash cats dash talk dash Wednesday. Available on several podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public. Lots of different places where you can get your podcast you can click on there and check out past episodes all our archive episodes moved over from blog talk to here you can even click message and you can leave us a message record a message about the cats record a message about the show you want to record a message about you know terry preaching or whatever it is you know we're not taking calls but you can leave a message and, and it'll be there we'll see it uh, if you want to advertise on the show feel free to do so if you want to support the show there's a little click of a button where you can make a donation help us keep doing what we're doing here on anchor because we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen give us a follow on twitter and facebook at cats talk wednesday the famous tb tb t brown underscore 80 follow me at vinnie hardy for those of you who aren't doing so already man i gotta take it to the to the high school level real quick we don't talk a whole whole lot of high school of course keep up with harley county they're two and three this year um but you and i've been doing this show for six years you're from louisville i'm from eastern kentucky we had a classic example of our neck of the woods meeting up this past friday jason frakes who covers high school sports especially in louisville and in kentucky been doing it for years the courier journal did a story about shawnee there in louisville who was struggling to have games teams were canceling not wanting to go to shawnee to go to west end louisville and play they had uh, had to cancel some games already so school from eastern kentucky jackson county McKee is the main town there. Goes to Louisville and plays Shawnee. Coach Halleck and Coach Harrington, both the coaches worked it out and talked. And hey, we can travel up there and play. It's still, it was a, a two and a half hour drive to go to Louisville for Jackson County, but they went, they played the game. And we said it a few episodes ago the, the differences, as different as they seem, is not really as different as people want to make it out. Jackson County, all white, going to Shawnee, which is primarily all black school. They played the game. They hugged it out. They had fun. Neither team was that good, but that's beside the point. But it's just a really, really cool, heartwarming story about kids from the state who would never meet, who probably would never be in each other's area of the state. Kids from Jackson County probably would never go to the West End and vice versa. But it happened, and now it looks like they're going to try to play more sports. And, and I'd love to see them do kind of a home-and-home, each-and-every-year type of thing. 
but a really cool thing happened. This yeah, that was I was fantastic. It was good to see. Uh, Shawnee High School was the first uh, school where Mama B started teaching <laughs> years and years ago. So, uh, cool. uh, wow. so taking it back to taking it back to the old school. <laughs> uh, so it was yeah. good. It was good to see because uh, Shawnee is one of those schools uh, here in town that gets gets kind of forgotten about even by people in town um, we've, you know, we've got 22 public high schools and everybody's heard of Manual that's kind of the showcase public school in Mayo uh, you know private schools people have heard of St. X and Trinity um, but, but Shawnee's just one of those Oh yeah, yeah, that's Shawnee. You know, it just—you don't really hear about it a lot, and that's a shame because it is a very good school, but it is in the deep, deep west end of Louisville, and so uh, even schools here in town don't want to play Shawnee and different things. So I was glad to see uh, that uh, take place, and you know, for for what it's worth, we should probably see more of that. We should probably see more uh, inter or intra uh, state going on uh, athletic and academic activities between high schools. I'm all for it. If that's one of those things that can come out of uh, the, this COVID 19 2020, let that be one of those things where we see that continue moving forward. Uh, because I think that's good for everybody where you're able to say hey we are not so different when you look when you when you look at things mm-hmm. uh, because we're really not that's the hood to the holler that's the uh, Charles Booker who ran for the Senate that's kind of his thing and he's right we are more similar than we are dissimilar and uh, a lot of young kids growing up in very similar situations so I definitely want to see that because I know when I was coming up in high school I was a wrestler and not a lot of Jefferson County schools had wrestling so we did a lot of stuff out in the state we went to North Kentucky we wrestled against Connor we went to the Woodford County Invitational we did something down in Union County because there wasn't a lot here in Louisville so uh, you know and I'm not and here's here's my thing I would like to see it in different sports um, I, I know football is kind of the, the driving force for a lot of this but there's there's a lot of other sports a lot of other opportunities for, for these schools to kind of get together on that because I know I, I learned a tremendous amount yeah. uh, you know growing up here in quote unquote the big city you know, then, then you drive an hour or two, and you're like, yeah. oh. But then you talk to people, and it's, you know, not to get too preachy about it, but I think it's very important that we meet people from different areas of the state, different economic backgrounds. That is going to be the driving force for us moving forward, I think, is we are more the same than we are different. And if we can get that at the high school level, at the, you know, even middle school level, then let's do that. You know, 
and as geography would have it, McKee almost splits the difference between Louisville, where you're from, and Lynch, Kentucky, where I'm from. It's a couple, two hours and change from McKee to Louisville, an hour and change from Lexington, and then that own hour up to Louisville. They are in Eastern Kentucky, in the mountains, just kind of a, a little bit, but they're, they're in Eastern Kentucky, but they're a couple hours from Lynch in Southeastern Kentucky, where I grew up. So it's kind of the halfway point of where both of us grew up would be McKee. So uh, really cool to see uh, both the coaches and, and all the athletic programs and everything get this worked out and the principals and, and the fun they have at the game. And, uh, the people from Jackson County, fans and parents that went to Louisville, limited crowd, but that was able to go experiences from people from both sides that wouldn't have been experienced before otherwise so it was just it was just really cool yeah so i i, I was i was very happy to to see that like i said that was where uh, mama b started teaching years and years and years ago <laughs> stand on that theme because i saw your tweet about how uh your dad did a lot of fishing and, and taking kids fishing across the state after he retired. Um, did you go or were you like a big fishing kid growing up? Or did you not fish much? So my dad started fishing as a hobby like in the late 80s. My dad and my uncle Billy would, my uncle got him into fishing. And so for him uh because he was working you know 70 hours a week you know it's uh kind of being as high up as he was in the police uh, department uh very stressful and, and the counterbalance that was uh to go fishing so he loved it loved it loved it would go you know on weekend trips he had some uh uh, Navy buddies. He had a Navy buddy down in Houston. He went down. They fished in the Gulf. Uh, so caught some of those big fish that you see down there. So fishing has always kind of been his thing. So once he retired, he said, I'm through with being a police officer. He kind of was like, okay, I got to tell this. <laughs> so, you know, he went pretty much from working, working, working to retire, like lickety split. And you know, at first he was still getting up. He was helping us get ready for school and work. And then one day, uh, Mama B came home from work. He was still in his pajamas watching TV. And she said, <laughs> no, we're not having this. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So. Not just geez, one day? Yeah. She's like, no, 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 we're not having this. So, so he said, uh, so he's going to find a, uh, gonna find something to do so i come home from uh well no he started doing uh i'm trying to remember the time like he started doing meals on wheels and started doing some volunteer stuff then he said he wanted to get another job i said okay so he told me that he was gonna get a job at macy's working in the home goods section and i told him i said you you won't make it that's not that's not that you won't make it. and the issue 
him in customer service wouldn't go well. Flat. The issue was the his boss at the Macy's was younger than was younger than me, and said to him, "Can I call you James or Jim?" And he said, "You call me Mr. Brown." And he said, "Well, we're not that formal here." And he said, "Well, I am." Long story short, he. I think did three ships, if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> so a friend of his said, "Hey, you know, you can work for the Department of Fish and Wildlife." So he goes in, talks to people, Fish and Wildlife. They want him to come in and like start working with the park rangers, like the law enforcement dudes. And he's like, "I don't want to do that." He's like, "I did that for 30 years. I need something new." So what he started doing was uh, through the Department of Fish and Wildlife, they have a uh, division here in Louisville. And from, I think, April to September, at least twice a week, he would take different groups fishing from like different, uh, you know, boys and girls clubs, uh, YMCAs, different programs. And so it was great for him. Uh, he would have their rods and reels. It would take him two or three days to get everything ready to go. He, you know, go to these different spots and, and show these kids how to fish. And it was great. I went with him a couple of times and he really, really enjoyed it. Like that was, that was what he liked to do until he did that for about six years, maybe. And then he said, I'm tired of this now and I won't want to do anything. Right about the time my mom retired. So, because uh, he was doing this when I was in UK. And he would come visit me <laughs> during the summer and everything. And they, they let him drive a, a Jeep around. He was driving the Fish and Wildlife Jeep. <laughs> and, you know, he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working. You know, I'm on the clock or whatever. So... <laughs> So that's what he did. Like six, seven years, it was fantastic. Uh, one of the highlights was I was able to take my dad and Big Miss fishing because right when fishing season, season starts, uh, they have this like open fish thing all over the state, try to get kids into fish. And took the two of them to a, par- uh, a, a, a lake here in town. And I put that picture out on social media before it's one of my favorite memories uh we went we got mm-hmm. big miss a barbie uh rod reel and the two of them are working and, and and they're talking it was just it was to me that was a beautiful memory it was kind of toward the end where the dementia started really kind of picking up but it was our last kind of really good outing where he was still with it and still able to to do things and the two of them just hung out i just took a step back you know uh, i'm sure you, i'm sure you do the same thing when you see your parents with your kids you just kind of there's sometimes you just got to step back and let that relationship kind of do its own thing and uh you know even right now some of my dad's fancier rods and reels we still have in the uh we still have the garage right today so fishing was always a huge thing uh for my dad yeah, yeah. Um, and my granddad, my dad's dad, well, both of them really, but especially my dad's dad, uh, Melvin Hardy Sr., the, the August the 5th OG, same, you share the same birthday as him. And you know, I think that might be the, I might know more people born that day than anybody. Those dudes I went to school with and grew up with, now you and my granddad. But I, 
he would have been the perfect co-worker for your dad because he loved to fish uh, was always going to to the rivers and lakes and up to the you know kingdom come state park uh, there in Cumberland had a lake up there and it was you know, up in the mountains you get to drive up the mountain to get to the park picnic shelters in the lake and they called him Mr. Big Timer. His nickname was Big Timer. Everybody know him. Big Timer, man, he'll he'll catch you. He can fish at a mud puddle and catch something. He find a way to catch something, no matter what kind of water he's fishing in. Big Timer always gonna catch something. So, and he was real outgoing. So, man, him and your dad would have just had a ball traveling the state and just taking kids fishing. That I mean, I could see both of them just. <laughs> You know, just spending the days that way in the summer, spring, and fall, I was able to love it. So I saw that, and I know you tweeted it out before, but I definitely wanted to just just talk about that because that was just a cool picture. I can't remember. I think so. Uh, my dad was the paper a lot. <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, as I tell people, he was always that dude. So uh, I, I believe they did do a thing. You know, uh, I, I want to say it's like Top Cop catches the big one or something. Or has a has a fishing story. I can't remember the the. I might, now I'm gonna have to look for that. But it was something like that, and uh, it was great because, uh, as I tell everybody, my entire time at UK, he never referred to UK by name. It was always that school down 64. But as I showed that picture, he had all kinds of UK dad stuff. So you know, uh, he was always very proud of what I was doing. And in that photo, he's got his UK dad uh, hat on. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That is all right. So, cool stuff. One other little thing too about the show, as you know, we we've been getting kinks out, and you know, the first time I started way late because we couldn't figure it out, and you know, we started pretty much on time these past few times. Had our first guest, Kendrick Haskins, on last week. So we got, you know, figure out how it starts and now how to roll. Used to be able, if we went past two hours, we'd have a few minutes of leeway to be rolling. But hey, two hours on the dot, it cuts off now. So that was my bad. And now, you know, we got a guest. And Kendrick was telling a great story about Jerry Jones and stuff. I have to let him know, you know, it's going to cut off here in a couple minutes. So figured that out and learned that. So keep learning as we go. But um, so I just had to throw that out there as well. Bomani Jones, man, you listen to his podcast. I listen to it here and there. I kind of hit him up every other episode or two, but the right time. He had a couple of UK nuggets in the one he did yesterday. And, you know, look, everybody, we know we're getting to your Lakers, but the first little nugget he talked about was yesterday. And the comparison he was making was about the Heat and how, you know, they're in the finals and, and you know, Jimmy Butler's kind of gotten in there. They were a fifth seed. And they came out of the East. But he talked about Carl Towns. He said him and Pablo Torre would argue about it because Pablo's a big Carl Towns guy. And Bamani said this thing, Carl just doesn't have that quote, it. Is he capable of leading his team? Even though the organization is bad, the team isn't good, but he still should be able to drag that team to an eight seed. Is does does Carl not have that it? Even though, in his words, the geeks are in love with him because of the way he plays and the numbers he puts up. Does Carl lack that want to 
I think and let me just say okay I'm, I'm coming from the pro Carl Anthony Towns side here the Minnesota Timberwolves are terrible one trip to the Western Conference Finals in 2004 and that's it look we have seen the Minnesota Timberwolves waste not just great talent, but generational talent. What happened as soon as uh, as soon as Kevin Garnett left? He won a championship, right? What happened when uh, oh I can't think of his name. That's that joint. Well, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy no, Butler. Uh, Kevin Love. Kevin Love was put. He was putting up numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Minnesota, and they weren't doing anything. Yeah. Minnesota's just Minnesota, and I think there's just franchises, and I don't know if you can call them cursed or just say this is how they are, but it's this, the same thing happens when we were we look at like Demarcus Cousins was was he a hothead or were the Kings just a terrible franchise? You know, and once he got out of Sacramento. You know, of course, some injuries, but he was playing really, really well. I think it's one of those things where, especially if you're a big man, you were so dependent on other players around you. I just don't think it's fair. That's just me. Because this is what we saw when Anthony Davis was in uh, New Orleans. I watched a lot of those games, probably more than I should have. And you'd have three or four wing guys pound the ball for 15 seconds of every shot clock, make some passes, and and get it to AD outside the three-point line with like three seconds left on the shot clock. That's just, that's bad basketball. So, I don't think the jury is, is, has come back in on Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's one of those things we can say, oh, he's not doing X, Y, and Z yet. But that franchise just isn't a competent, competent enough franchise for me to kind of believe that that that's who he's going to be. So I listened to that yesterday, and, and again, I'm a pro Kentucky, pro pro cat guy, and you know I have said, you know, he he's the dude there, in Minnesota. But that being said, it's still Minnesota. Right, that's it, it's still uh, it's it, it's still the Timberwolves, and you look at the guards he's had to play with. I mean, they paired with what Andrew Wiggins. Come on, man, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, their their draft misses have been pretty spectacular, and it's been like this outside of Kevin Garnett. And then maybe Kevin Love. Like, who's the They had all these picks. Like, who, who did they get? Because remember, all the draft picks they lost because they cheated the system with Joe Smith. And that sent the franchise back. So, uh, again, I'm not going to say that, that Carl is soft and all that kind of stuff, or he's just a stat guy. I'm not, I'm not willing to go that route. And just to, I don't think I am either, but to play play devil's advocate, he used Carl and then to further make his point, 
he talked about how AD did drag the Pelicans to the second round. Would yeah. They beat, what, they beat Portland that one year? They swept Portland. And so, uh, and then, you know, Jimmy Butler is, is just hardcore. But you had Jimmy saying stuff that he saw. That I don't, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, yeah, maybe, maybe he had a partial point. And he still got time to, to do what he's going to do in Minnesota. And then if he's done with that and wants to with the buzz, go to the Nets because he's from that New Jersey area in Fredericia. Who knows? But that was out there for a while. But uh, yeah. I think he did make it into the first round against the Rockets a couple years ago. But hopefully he can kind of get his team to play out. So kind of just kind of spike with some of that talk that's already starting to brew about it. But like you said and we said, a lot of Cavs guys, most of them are going to go to horrible teams because they're going to be drafted in the lottery. So that's that's what that is what it is. But uh, so you're going to get that criticism, fair or not, and that's kind of what he's getting. Next thing Bo was talking about, and here we segue into your Lakers. Are we going to anyway? We yeah, we have to because they're probably going to be hoisting a trophy in the next game or two. Should or will AD be the finals MVP or are they going to give it to LeBron because he's still LeBron even though AD has been killing it in these playoffs and in these finals do you want to see him give it look you're the Lakers guy you like Terry Lake Show Brown you want to see AD get it or you want LeBron to get it do you not care as long as the Lakers win title number 20 50 honestly I don't care where you at on this? You know, I, I, to me, it's never been that big a deal as long as your team wins. This is, and I've said this before, this is how I believe uh, Michael Jordan and the cult of personality of Michael Jordan kind of has ruined how we appreciate the NBA. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you who the finals MVP were for any of the showtimes. I think James Worthy was MVP once. I know uh, 40-year-old Kareem was MVP once, Magic a couple of times. Like, off, but off the top of my head, I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, I assume that Hakeem was and the Rockets yeah. won in 94, 95, but I, you know, I don't know. And this this six for six, six finals MVP, we get caught up in that. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know if it's that big a deal to the guys. They're just trying to win. Right? And this is one of those occasions. And I would go back and, and point to the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Everybody believes, you know, Shaq was carrying the team. When the numbers uh, don't bear that out. Like Shaq was the MVP, but but Kobe was he, he wasn't just some dude in those in those three championships. Uh, so honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, Anthony Davis has been playing incredibly well, but it's one of those things. Honestly, could one do it without the other? The way this team is constructed, uh, we saw in Game Three. Anthony Davis picked up a lot, some early fouls, couldn't quite get in the groove. Uh, LeBron had eight turnovers, and that's a recipe for a really hot Jimmy Butler 
to, to, to put on a historic performance, that's how you lose. But if Braun and AD are doing their thing, the Heat can't win. You know, last night's game wasn't pretty, but, you know, the Heat can't win. So I, I'm not going to get caught up in who's going to be the finals MVP, what does this mean for Braun's legacy, for AD's legacy. Look, my whole thing is let's re-sign AD long-term. And let's do like with 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 uh, Magic and Kareem, as as LeBron starts to age a little bit, put a little bit more on AD, and let's get a couple more chips out of him. That's that's my thought process. You know, if LeBron is the MVP, okay, that's what four. That's great. If it's AD, hopefully it's the first of a whole lot. It, it's okay. You know, no one thinks less of Magic Johnson because James Worthy was a Finals MVP. That, that's 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 ludicrous. Like you know, uh, when the Pistons won, Isaiah was MVP one year. Joe Dumars was. A, th- does that affect the way you feel about the Pistons? No, it, it honestly it doesn't. Uh, Larry Bird won the Celtics championships. He was not the Finals MVP. It was Ma- Cedric Maxwell. You know, th- do you think Larry Bird is less of an all-time great? Is Tim Duncan less of an all-time great because uh, Kawhi Leonard was front aisles MVP one year or Tony Parker was? Does that change? No, it really doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Because if you understand how these things work, your stars have to do what they have to do, right? But every now and then someone gives a performance that kind of outshines that star, and that's okay. That's really okay. So, to answer your question, no, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me as long as they get number seven. I mean, or number seventeen, excuse me. Mm, yeah, seventeen, Lord. Seventeen. What? How many's Boston got? Oh, so you get to tie them and still be better positioned. As long as LeBron stays healthy to maybe pass him, because it is, it is very possible to foresee them stringing together a couple. And you look, this is me giving your Lakers credit, and this is making me kind of choke and throw up in the back of my mouth. But they could win one, two. Um, you know, LeBron still, you know, paying a million dollars to take care of his body like that is very easy to see. That they might be able to do that to, to get that little dynasty going and shove some of the burden of being the guy to AD as LeBron does finally and, start and to what AD coming up. Time. That that's why you can have a forty-year-old Kareem be the Finals MVP MVP because during the regular season, the early part of the playoffs, Magic was doing it, right? Worthy was doing it. This way, you can save your best for when we need it the most. And that's where LeBron is at this point in time. I'm not saying he's coasting, but I'm saying you don't need to use him and run him into the ground like his first run with the Cavs. Because Lakers win this one. You know, who... I know you want your Rockets to, you know, be that team. But who would you put money on to beat them? You know, looking looking ahead. The Clippers got to show me something. 
right? Uh, I gotta get a coach. Gotta get a coach. Not yet. You know, is it is it gonna be Utah? I mean, yeah, Denver. I, I guess, but so I, I think uh, the Lakers, you they those are gonna have some room to get some different pieces. I mean, Danny Green, God love him, he, he's not shooting the best right now. So there's there's different, definitely some pieces they can pick up. Uh, uh, you know, some things they could do in the off season. But as long as you got those two, I think you're in the I think you're in the running. Now, how did you feel? How cold-blooded did you feel signing that petition about saying Kyle Kuzma should get a ring? I mean, is that did you did you have a touch of conscience? Does it bother you at all? Are you the first one to sign? Fan, or, or fans are crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, y'all Laker fans, boy, y'all gotta. Y'all yeah, gotta get, you know, I, I tweeted you a Van House. Yeah, y'all better get y'all fans. I, I don't think Kuzma's been that bad. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I think that the uh, for for me the other the supporting cast. It's kind of hard to to find your niche when you've got two super duper stars. Like, what do you do? And you know, Kuzma was kind of thinking. You know, at one point he was going to be number two. To LeBron, right? That, that he was, it, <laughs> that was the, because uh, the Lakers, you know, he was the one they would not let go for uh, AD. And it was kind of, Kuzma kind of thinking he was going to be part of a big three. But you, you don't really need that third option with those two. Now, that could change moving forward. If you want to get uh, Kuzma's, his point per game up, LeBron kind of pull back a little bit. I could see that. I, I don't think Kuzma's played that bad. I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire, but as long as you can play solid like KCP did last night, uh, when the time's right, boom, show up and show out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew I had to, I had to mess with y'all about that, you know, because, you know, that's just, you know, it's, we talk about being petty and, and, you know, sports hate, quote unquote, but that's a that's a whole other level. You know, everybody gonna get a ring, but you sign the petition, get the petition going. Yeah, that was, that was a that was a little new one right there. <laughs> so is it legitimate sweep? It's it, it's sweep? over Friday. The they're wearing the black over? Kobe Mamba jerseys Friday. that they're undefeated in this postseason. They. They shifted. I think they were supposed to be in purple on uh, Friday, but they shifted, and they're going to be in the black Mamba jersey. So lights out. You'll be tweeting out pictures in your jerseys. It, it, it's been it's been a while. Everybody get ready for uh, that. In Lakers <laughs> fandom and Lakers history, it's been a while. And, and seriously, okay, so the Lakers missed the last, what, four or five playoffs? Do you know in the 50 seasons before that how many times they missed the playoffs? Four times. Four times. In 50 years. Four times. In 50 years? 
This is going to be this is the 34th trip to the finals. And then I'm they, sorry, no, that's not right. So this is going to be the 17th title. I want to get this I want to get this right. Basically, they have participated in 45% of all NBA finals. 45% of all NBA finals. That would mean if you're an NFL team that you've been to 25 Super Bowls. If you're a Major League Baseball team, you've been to like 55 World Series. The Yankees haven't even done that. It is ridiculous. So I know people like to poke fun because the last 10 years have not been great, but we back. And I'll give credit again as I, the words don't want to come out, but for them to be, what, since, since 2010, when they won the last one, to, to bottom out and get fair, even though not for as, not as far as length of term, length of time wise, but while they were at their bottom to be getting Knicks, New York Knicks-esque comparisons, and they were kind of legit because of what a train wreck they were to get right out of that and, and put that in the rear view and turn it around to where they are now is very impressive. I mean, the Knicks have been trying to do that for, I mean, since, since 99 when they made their last finals. I mean, Dolan bought them in 99. So that was, you know, that's pretty much the line of demarcation. We went to the finals as an underdog, lost to the Spurs. James Dolan bought us. And, you know, we've been just languishing in purgatory slash hell ever since. For the Lakers to be down there rock bottom and now be right back one game away from a title in that short of amount of time, because the Knicks been trying to do big things in free agency, but the Lakers went out and got LeBron, got AD, and totally transformed their roster. The Knicks still up here whiffing on Kevin Durant, still whiffing on this guy, whiffing on that guy. Can't get anybody to come, can't keep a coach, can't keep a GM. No kind of stability. So for your Lakers to do that, to go from the top to down there with the Knicks, to right back on the top of the mountain again, that's very impressive, well, and that's probably the most because amounts of credit uh, I've given the after Jerry Buss passed away doing this. and but Junior the, Buss, the two boys ran the franchise. Uh, <laughs> that's when we tried Dwight Howard the first time with a broken down Steve Nash, and that didn't work. And uh, you know, this might be sacrilegious. Their love of Kobe really hamstrung the franchise. You know, his, his Kelby's last few years, uh, you know, paid him all that money, not bringing in, you know, other guys. Because uh, Kobe's a lot of things, but nobody wanted to play with him. <laughs> no, 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 nobody wanted to come be, you know, his number two as he slowly faded away from being a number one option. But you have to keep in mind, people want to play for the Lakers. I think that still means something because of the history. You know, it was Jenny Buss's birthday last week, and there's a picture of her with nine Larry O'Brien trophies 
and, and that's not and I think that's the nine that the Bus family has earned has won since the, since Daddy Bus bought them in seventy eight. Yes. So that's not even all of them, right? Uh, yeah, eighty. Well, the five was Magic. They won nine in your life. Three lifetime? was Shaq and Kobe. Two was just Kobe. Ten. This will be number eleven that I've seen. Yeah. And so, it. That's insane. And, and look, it's Kentucky fans. Kentucky fans. We've won four in our lifetime because I count seventy-eight. Even though I was four months old, I was alive. And most people don't get to see that. And they won. Almost 11, 10 and three quarters and, and, when they close out this last and, game. And the thing 10.75 titles when you in your life. Tell the story of the That's NBA. It, it's, it's, it's all about the Lakers. From the first dynasty in NBA history with George Mikan when they were still in Minnesota to uh, Elgin Baylor, Jay West when they first got to LA and they were showing up at car dealerships and different things like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's the Lakers. And I'm not one of these people that will say LeBron is, you know, he's he's an all-time Laker. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Not even AD. But look at the dudes that have worn a Lakers jersey and have won a title with the Lakers. I mean, that's... I will take a Lakers all-time team against anybody's all-time roster. Because you figure your big man, George Mikan, Wilt, Kareem, Shaq. That's at your five. At your four, <laughs> Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Jamal Wilkes. I might put him at the four. He's the dude everybody forgets about. Oh, you put you put him at. You know, we had you put him uh, at the a four? friend uh, Ed come on and talk about it. Elgin Baylor's the dude everybody forgets about. But you see all the scoring records that every Laker comes close to. It's Elgin Baylor. I, I, so, from the beginning of the NBA to now, it, and I know the Celtics, they won all those right in a row. That's great. They beat my Lakers like a drum back in those days. But, you know, they, you know, they, they won it. They've won in, in every decade. So, that's pretty ridiculous. This 10 years will be the longest. The 10 years this is as long as they've gone without a championship. 70, 80. That's correct. The, yeah, the 60s the only one they did uh, Yeah. Won. Okay, so yeah, the 60s, yeah. Yeah, because they busted through in 73. Yeah, because that's, that's when uh, Mike they, got some in the 50s. they were still in Minneapolis. So in the 50s, too. Wow, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's... Because they were still... What, losing the stuff? They just couldn't get over the hump against the Celtics in the 60s, right? That's when Elgin was there struggling yeah. and just and that, that, coming up short and he retired. And then they yeah. win like yeah. 40 games in a row uh, and win a title. Mm-hmm. Oh, I may put Elgin at the 
Elgin Any, Baylor. Like he was, five, I might put Worthy at the four and make him play a little different. He was he's about he's about six five, so you could put him you could put him at the at the at the at the three. I thought he's like six five, six six. With With small ball now he could he could body people because he was he was muscular. He, he could bully <laughs> ball him at the four. I mean what the game is now. So maybe I mean So you know, as a Lakers ball. fan, and I'm glad you're trying to listen to a Lakers show. I I've I've, yeah. I've got my favorite players, but I've got uh two got different to, rankings when I look at LA players. By, by when I talk about Lakers all time greats, I look at the dudes that are the heart and soul of the Lakers. That's the only team they played for, right? So that's Magic, Baylor, West, Kobe, right? Those, those, you know, worthy. Those are my guys that, hey, uh, you know, Mike, it, you know, you put those guys on that list. And then you've got, you know, greats, like I said earlier, that have put on the purple and gold and still helped you win. Like Wilt Chamberlain. Like, you know, Kareem and, and like, you know, like Shaq uh, and now LeBron and AD, you know, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, we've been through it like other franchise, you know, but hey, you know, when you're cheering on a team that's starting Robert Sacre and Tariq Black and Ronnie Turiaf, you know, we, <laughs> woo, you know, <laughs> Yeah, when you, yeah, when, yeah, when you're like my Quincy and Carter, that's the thing like too, my Quincy Carter, is, Cowboy you know, when, typically when your franchise is really, really good, and you've had Hall of Fame guys kind of back to back to back, you know, because uh, you know, for my 49ers, we went from Montana to Steve Young to Jeff Garcia, who was All Pro, and then you know the Tim Tays and you know. And, and I'm sure if we go back to listen to those old shows, there's my, there's me uh, trying to talk myself into Blaine Gabbert. You know, so it's so it's so it's tough. But uh, you know, Title 17, it's only fitting. Uh, you know, hopefully storybook finish. You win in the Kobe jerseys to kind of put a bow on on this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, shifting to our NFL teams, for me, there hasn't been any defense, you know, as far as Kentucky last week and Dallas all year. Ain't much defense happening in in anything as far as my football fandom is concerned. The Cowboys are making history for all the wrong reasons. They had to dig up some stats after this was after Seattle game or after this torching from the Browns that they had to go back to 1960 which was the inaugural expansion season to find numbers defensively that were this awful as far as quarterbacks and and points and, and they didn't even play this way in 1960 but this defense this year is that bad as far as the opposing quarterbacks QBR and all this and as far as giving up 30 40 plus points in consecutive games I mean you knew Russell Wilson was going to do what he did 
but Cleveland and they ran it down Dallas's throat. OBJ, look, he just sees the Cowboys jerseys and he's always invincible. They've never covered him, even with the Giants. You know, you had the wide receiver Landry throwing him a bomb of a touchdown. The Dallas is historically terrible so far. One and three, and we are miraculous onside kick slash comeback against the Falcons from being 0-4 because they were down by 20 in that game. And, you know, thanks to the Falcons choking one of the many times they've choked this year, Dallas got one win. Um, And then your Niners, I I tweeted you and Aaron Huff and Mike Jackson and all the Niners fans I know, the one time I'm definitely pulling for y'all is against the hated Eagles. I think that's the team in the division I dislike the most. Philly goes out to San Fran and wins. I know Jimmy G was out. Everybody's injured. But Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins played for Southern Miss. Speaking of Kentucky born out Southern Miss, he's the one that brought them back. Yeah, a lot and of so injuries for the Niners. He broke our hearts before. Getting back to, and he broke ours again uh, this past weekend. The, the Super Bowl was always the goal. Hopefully they, they can get healthy and kind of get back on track. Uh, you know, like Kentucky, by dropping a couple of games, they're really behind things because the Seahawks are undefeated. The Rams are three and one. The Cardinals are two and two. But the Cardinals also beat the Niners head to head in the first game of the season. So there's a lot of digging out that the uh, that the Niners are going to have to do to even get into playoff contention should the season progress that far. Speaking of that, progressing that far, that's the that's the question. You know, Cam Newton just got the Rona. Titans players got Corona. Can't go to the facility. Game's getting rescheduled. Thought they could play. They can't. Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots now. Finds out that he has COVID. And Chiefs fans are freaking out because after they did play the Chiefs with Brian Hoyer, Gilmore is dapping it up with Patrick Mahomes.